You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast. This part is dedicated to Wales versus Scotland, which, or Scotland versus Wales, I should say, which feels like it's kind of been overlooked with all the political ongoing this week. But nonetheless, Dan, we are well, less than a week away from this game. One win, and it puts you in a Grand Slam decider game. How excited are you on a scale of one to excited? Excited, very excited. Probably not as excited as you, though, because you're going to be going. I'm going to the... And, you drink, the and you drink Guinness. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I'm going to the Island game, so obviously very excited for that. So this is kind of like... It's almost like a semi-final scenario, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's a semi-final, because you, you get through this game and you've got, the, you've got it all to play for I'm, on the last day. I feel like we're through. Oh, I know. Man, what are you doing? I know a lot of people will be thinking What are you doing? I do, I do. I feel... Why like, um, fate? Not right feel confident. Not Scotland. Yeah. It's banana skin. No, I think... Um, they're absolutely decimated, aren't they? I know they could too. Mm. You know, they expecting a big performance from them, big, big half, big fifty maybe. But I just can't see them going beyond that. That is big confidence there. Uh, right. Well, we're going to we're going to get stuck into selecting our team in just a second, and obviously we'll be previewing the game. But also later on in this podcast, we've got an exclusive interview with former Wales. Flanker, course former Newport, Scarlets, well, Bay Leeds, Breve. Uh, a few clubs. A good few clubs, yeah. That's Alex Popham, who, uh, yeah, who I caught up with earlier on this week. So that is coming up later on in the podcast. So be sure to be stay tuned for that. But yeah, first Dan and I are going to have a look at who we would be selecting in our respective teams if, God forbid, we were in charge of the national side. Right, Dan, before I get you to select the side... You mentioned their kind of you know feeling confident going into it. What kind of a game plan do, would Gatland should Gatland be going into this with? Is it stick to the same and what beat England, or is it about adapting your game to play Scotland? I 
think it's. I would go with um, quite a similar game plan, mm. really, to the one we played against England. We don't really want to to be flinging the ball around willy nilly. I don't think against Scotland they're going to want it to be like that, aren't they? And yeah. um, just think we need to. I think their forwards have been have been dominated really throughout this tournament. Scotland, yeah, yeah. I think they've struggled. They haven't they haven't really got any um, sort of strong ball carriers at the moment, have they? They haven't really gained any impetus there. So I'd keep it tight. Um, you know, keep it tight. Let's let's sort of win the collisions, play the narrow channels. I think against them yeah. really, and then. Um, where they do cause trouble is out wide, and they've they've yeah. caused every so they played against. Actually, they've got they've got quite a bit of change, haven't they, by going wide? Because um, they have got some dangerous strike runners. But to keep it tight, kick well, and um, we should be all right. You mentioned the injuries there as well. That's got they got very big injuries. They're lists, huge, aren't they? Yeah. They're expecting you know a few fitness boosts this week. However, it just seems to be players in key positions and. You think that that's an area where Wales are going to have... Obviously, we've got injuries of our own, but at the same time, following on from the England game, we're only expecting it to be Corey Hill, who's out. So You say only, though. So well, I say only. Big loss. You know how highly I rate it. It's a big loss. That, it is it? a big loss. He was monumental in that yeah. game. Yeah, that was, a, that was a Herculean effort, and it's mm. one of those... Yeah, it's one of those performances that, again, people will look back on and, back up, back on and say, you know, that was a... That's the moment where I think a lot of people who perhaps don't watch as much rugby yeah. will go, geez, that guy's... He that seems guy's to be like the back. cement, doesn't he, of the side? Like, he does... He does so, He gets through so much work, doesn't yeah. he? And, and so many clever little link plays and, and, and passages and calls and, and, you know, you bring the line out in, I know. But, yeah, he's, he, he'll be a loss. But I think we've got enough, enough strength and depth, hopefully, to... Uh, you know, to, to to be all right there. Yeah, and obviously they do have a lot of injury problems, and probably don't have the. Well, I don't think they do have the strength and depth that Wales have at this moment in time. No, they don't, do they? You know, at the, at the moment, and real down on Scotland, aren't they? No, I haven't. But I mean, it's. I think you know, if they're fully, if they've got all their players, yeah, and they're at home, then yeah, it is a potential banana skin. But I just don't. I just don't see this one being anything other than a, than, than a Wales win. Ooh, OK, well, you know, I hope, uh, hope those words don't come back to bite us, but I think there's every reason to feel confident. But do you think we'll win, though? I do. I, look, I think it would be bitterly disappointing yeah. to lose to this Scotland side, given the momentum we've built. <laughs> it's class, given it's the a classic Welsh response, though, yeah. isn't it? Because none of us want to really say, no, look, I think we'll win. And it is, it is, isn't it? You speak to, you know, obviously the English, when you speak to them, they're thinking they're going to win every game. But you speak to a Welsh fan, and it's sort of, oh, you know, if um, if we play what if we play mm. the best of our ability, and we, you know, we stick to the game plan, we do this, yeah. but we'll be okay. But no, look, we we we've got to be confident going into this. You have to be confident, but you have to build on the momentum because against England, I thought they were great. I thought Wales were great, and it was just game management was perfect. I thought they made England look naive, to be honest. I think they were, you know, the 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 fact that England didn't seem to change from their kicking game plan was testament to the fact that mm. the Wales really kind of other than the other than the try gobbled up England's yeah. uh, England's offensive play and they developed a way to negate England's line speed which was just really really clever game we, management yeah which is what they which is what they've won games on really isn't it it is they, they've won games on you know line speed and a cute kicking game and outside yeah. of that there hasn't been a huge amount more. Yeah. And Gatlin, he was an absolute 
for me, masterclass yeah. in uh, into tactical play. I agree. For minute yeah. one, for minute one. No, I absolutely agree with that. All I would say now is that they just cannot, you cannot afford any kind of drop-off, any of those kind of... The Italy game I'm kind of writing off because it was it was largely a second string. I know obviously having Dan Bigger in there, it's hard to say it's a second string side, but there were so many changes yeah. that it was like a. You an can't 18. see it as a team performance. No, I, I think that was like an A team. The French the French game we were bloody lax in the first in yeah. the first half of that game, so you you can't afford to have any lapses in concentration. But history would lead you to believe that. Wales have been in this scenario before and have been very good at closing it out. You know, those early games for us are the absolute crucial ones. We tend to get better as the tournaments go yeah. on. And if we can do that now, then, then yeah, it sets, up a, it sets up a mouth-watering game against the only way, The only way Scotland will, um, will win or cause us real issues will be if, if we lose control of the game yeah. and, it does, and it does become Fast sevens and yeah. ten star because that's where... We won't be able to, you know. Gatlin will have a game plan, and he'll want to keep it. They want to keep it fairly tight, I'd say. Now, if they can, if they can break away from that, and that's going to be the challenge for them, isn't it? They're going to know that, you know. They're going to know that. Can they? Can they bring their game and stop Wales doing what we want to do? And like, and at the moment, with the injuries they got, I don't think they're physically strong enough to bring the game that they want to bring. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the injuries in the pack that have hit the most. And I think you look back to two years ago and the havoc they caused at the breakdown beating Wales. That that kind of missing those those terriers like Barkley and Watson, I think is a big loss for them. Um, and you're right, you mentioned the ball carriers. So really, I think Wales will be looking at that and thinking we can win this game up front. Yeah, it's got to be up front, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely agree. Right, in terms of picking the team, Dan, we've had an approach this tournament of picking a collective side. Do you want to do the same or do you want to mix it up and we'll have we'll select two sides between us? Um, I quite enjoy the collective. Okay. Just in case I forget anyone's names, yeah? Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, well, let's start, as always, with the front row. Yeah. No, you make no changes, really. None for me. No. I've been really impressed with how the scrum's gone and the impact that the, the replacement... Uh, front row had coming off the bench as well. Nicky Massive Smith had a difference. Big Nicky, Nicky went very well. Didn't yeah, he? but I, I, don't know, I thought the scrum. I thought the scrum went really, really well. I thought we were very unlucky to have that that first penalty of the game go against Tom. Yeah, Fra- was it Tom Francis or was it Rob Evans? Wasn't Rob it? Evans. It was against. I did that. Oh, I mean, I hope you've watched the game back, Dan, because I'm not sure you remember anything from the. Uh... We 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 did a good few. Yeah. We did a good few at that point. Yeah, meeting meeting at twelve uh, at the Heathcock was possibly not the. The wisest thing to do. Nice, uh, nice plug for your brother's restaurant there as well. That's yeah, good. That's, yeah, it's a good place. Uh, right, so front row no change. Front row no change. Yeah, enforced change in ah. the second row. So Alan Jones obviously starts and captains the side. What happens now, Dan? An area you know loads about the engine room, the second row, the engine room. I would for this particular game, I'd probably go with um, with Beard in there actually. Thought BM didn't expect that, did you? I think I did. Well, did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I just think we. I'm looking to. I'm looking almost beyond the game as well. So I'm looking. I'm looking to the up to the island game. We need a big performance from him. Um, I want to give him another opportunity to to actually make a real impression. Then. 
because I think he's you know he's not he's not quite been at the races he's not quite I think he's shown lots of potential though I, I do think that I, you know they rate him very highly clearly I think he's just the the size of him his ability to defend driving line well, that's part of it isn't it I yeah, I mean, we don't really know whether they rate him that highly, do we? I, mean, I, I think, think, I think well, they're trying to, I think we're, we're all trying to make him into, we're all worrying about where Alan Wynne-Jones goes because, mm. you know, I, I'm panicking. I'm panicking about Alan Wynne-Jones going. Um, and at the moment we've got, we, we, we kind of need, we need a little bit of Jake Ball, a little bit of um, Corey, mm. and a little bit of Beard, and we'd have the perfect second row. At the moment, we... we they're all lacking a little bit of something mm. but Corey's just such a clever player that he makes up for for his his little inadequacies and almost to a point now where you don't really notice them I don't think you do um, that's level, no. so he's sort of he's he's separated himself from me from, from, from the others um, but I think Ad, yeah, Adam Beard we're kind of giving him these opportunities and he, he really needs to step up and 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 take that shirt, I think, really. Interesting. Coach Killick lays down the law to uh, to Adam Beard, make the shirt your own. Interesting. Does he get, does he get, is he getting the nod from you? Gets the nod from me. I agree. I, th- I think we've seen some really good performances from Adam Beard in a red shirt. I think the, the summer tour, he was really impressive. I think in parts, in the autumn, he was very good. And he's shown bits and pieces. So kind of the... That crucial driving line out against France in the first half. I think he, you know, he's he's shown that the potential that he's does got. I think he's the next cab off the rank. I don't think Jake Ball has played quite enough rugby. Um, but again, what an impact to bring off the bench, Jake Ball, for twenty minutes when we're talking yeah. about a pack who, Struggling you know, we're talking about winning a game up front, and you yeah. go, okay, Jake Ball to come on. Struggling with ball carriers, yeah, and hitting hitting rucks, yeah, no bad position to they be. They want in. to see him coming on, yeah, back row. Any changes? No change. I thought the back row, the back row was outstanding, mm. absolutely outstanding, and they they have been, haven't they, all the way through? Really, it's going to be mouthwatering. Well, mouthwatering. What a headache this would be if Ellis Jenkins is fit, <laughs> if Toby Falatau is fit, if Aaron Shingler is fit, if who have I missed? There's loads more, right? Oh, Dragons! Uh, Ollie Griffiths. Ollie Griffiths. Ollie yeah. Griffiths is fit. Yeah, you know, and and you've got Wayne Wright, James the Davis, mix. James Davis. It's frightening, isn't it? More, yeah. they, when when that World Cup squad gets named, oh, it's going to be some disappointing players. Yeah, they're going to be so disappointed. Tom uh, Thomas Young. Thomas Young. Yeah, God, how do we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, same back row, and I think that's testament. They look like a good unit to me right now. Bash them after this weekend. <laughs> At a Vega game. Yeah, Team Basham. Um, there you go. I'm seeing the. I haven't game told you the score. I haven't told you the score. I haven't told you the score. God, I haven't told you the score. I haven't told you the score. It's like having Craig on the podcast. Uh, right, your phone, Craig's probably texting. Oh god, yeah. I was going to say. Uh, hopefully, I'll have seen it by the time Craig texts me. Sorry. Anyway, right. Um, back row, you throw me off there, but yeah, Navidi, yes, Moriarty, yeah, and Tipperick seems like a really balanced back row. Um, Gotta be looking at the back row we're gonna be playing against Ireland, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, you have to. I, I think you, you, there's no there's no real room to be messing around, it's about building momentum, so same back row for me. Okay. Half backs. Can't possibly drop Gareth Davis. No, I agree. Weavers, 
I saw. I saw. I saw him get a bit of stick on um, our Facebook group. Really? From the odds, from the yeah, the odds kind of your person saying his service was slow, which okay, isn't it? it's not the biggest part of his game, but defensively he was amazing. You, know, you look at the look at the threat that England had with their with their line speed. Gareth Davis is doing the same thing for us. You know that that kind of one handed goalkeeper style charge down from uh, from Owen Farrell. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought he had a huge I, deal, and yeah. that was that was a really, a really good performance for me. I think I thought he was. Yeah, he, he was. He had an absolutely world class game. I mm. thought um, making that shirt his own. In you know, obviously Thomas Williams was absent for the last game through injury, but is he you know is he fending off the advances of Thomas Williams? Yeah, with and, that, dare I say it, Reece Webb. With that before, with that performance, yeah. I mean, that was you know he he completely took out Owen Farrell. Mm. didn't he and then had a had a huge impact on their line speed as well I know the pick and go caused them caused them trouble but he was he was in his face and we know that if you just can stop him having time on ball then he's the one that makes him tick yeah and he did it and, and he was he was obviously given that role wasn't he mm. and it was a huge call um, it would have been a huge call wouldn't it but if Thomas Williams had been fit to start I think you know, a lot of people think that maybe he would have, don't they? I think he might have. I think he might have. But yeah, fair play to Gareth Davis. Massive performance. You know, and he's, he's, he's played some big test matches. Yeah, that was a world-class performance, wasn't it? It was very strong. Right, who partners him at 10? I'm going with Gareth Anscombe again. Yeah, I, I know there's a big call for for bigger to for bigger to start, but I just think that it's worked really well, the the way in which we're doing it with, with Anscombe. I thought Anscombe. I thought Anscombe had a good good game. Oh yeah, a decent thought, game. Yeah, thought, he, thought he played yeah. very well. And I do, you know, big. I think Big has even come out, hasn't he, and said that that Anscombe had a good game. Mm. And it is different coming off the bench, and it is. Now, they, if there's somebody that you don't want to see coming off the bench, it is bigger. The honestly, the 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 reception he got when he came mm. on. I don't know whether you could tell on the TV. Because. It was like it was it was deafening. Dan, he's winning these games for Wales. These big games, games against England, games that we've struggled with against um, South Africa and Australia in the past. They're the test matches. He's winning, not single-handedly, but the well, impact he, he adds yeah. in tight test matches off the bench, be it goal-kicking, be it kicking out of hand, be it his defence or his ability under the high ball. Like He's not a running 10, we know that, but when when people start making daft decisions later on in a a test match Dan Bigger doesn't do that he makes the right decision he thrives he's, he's the best number 22 in the world he is I mean I, th- I thought he, he could have got he could have got man of the match there, there'd be yeah. no there'd be no qualms yeah, uh, yeah. And, and questions if he had got it it was it was that seamless a performance everything he did wasn't it was again said it all here but it was world class from him and but I think Anscombe you know he is winning these games when he comes off but Anscombe's putting you know putting us in a Putting, this, putting in a good enough performance yeah. to actually make bigger, then come on and have that impact. And the other, the other thing about having bigger on the bench is that he's such a he's such a good rugby player that I think he he can analyse the game and he, he can see where things are going wrong when he's there on the side. He'd be, he's going to make a wonderful yeah. coach. Yeah, and and he's able to then come on. He can see what's going on around him that's wrong because you know when he's on the pitch, he gets so frustrated, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. When someone makes an error or and he. he he seems to see the play a little bit earlier. I just think it probably helps him that he's on the side, thinking, right, okay, there, well, that's going to work. And he just starts mapping out a little plan. And next thing you know, he's and he's good enough to execute what yeah. he wants to do. So a lot of the players, they know what they need to do, 
but they can't actually they can't actually perfect the kick or perfect the pass or you know and he can so I wouldn't change it why would you change it right now I won 12 test matches on the bounce and bigger has been, those big test matches bigger's come on and closed it out Anscombe's been playing well it's like curveball I could throw in here and I'd like you to feel this one for me a man who knows all about playing number 10 Rich Patterson had a very good game off, uh, off the bench for Scarlets this weekend is he the forgotten man of Welsh rugby would you be tempted to have a look at him for this game no no I wouldn't he, we can't we can't look beyond uh, Anscombe and Bigger at the moment I would say um, because because the Grand Slam's on isn't it yeah. and at this point now it's all about it's all about winning that I think um, and winning the next two games if it was if we'd lost a few yeah I think we'd experiment and, 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 and look beyond but now at this point yeah. we've done a bit of experimenting early on um, Patchell wasn't quite right at that mm. at that point, so he's just going to have to, you know, keep keep doing what he's doing, keep playing, keep playing well, and then he'll get his opportunity. And you know, along with Jared Evans. All right. Centers. Jonathan Davis picks himself, obviously. Inside center. Oh, you're thinking. For me, I wouldn't change Hadley. I'd pick Owen Watkin. Would you? Yeah, I'm a bit worried. No. I, honestly, I was really worried with Hadley, but Hadley Parks had his best game for Wales for a long time in, he did so many things right that moment where he's just able to buy you an extra yard in contact he had a big game he had a big game he looked so exposed on two occasions pace wise that really worried me like, don't you think he did more though more good than, than bad oh he did yeah yeah undoubtedly but you know we were able to scramble on on that one occasion you know on that one occasion and if England had scored a try after that to a Lange break, I think it, it could have been something different. That was a real turning yeah. point in the game. Then, if they had scored, then yeah, I, I you, you question whether we would have come back. From yeah, that. and and yeah, it, it just it did worry me. The you know he looked like he had his his wellies on when he was getting back to Johnny May tearing up you know tearing up the wing. But you know May's an exceptionally quick player. So look, I, I would have no problem in Hadley Parks playing there. But I, I'm really keen in Watkins. I think he's unexposed it at test level I think he's starting to show some good potential I'd like to see him in a big game and I'd like to see him go out there and make that shirt his own yeah it's a good case you put forward I just I just really like the um, the balance the balance between mm. when Anscombe plays there and, and Hadley I know yeah. that Hadley he's not the quickest he's you know he'd admit that himself wouldn't he but I just think there's a, a, a nice um, level of comfort you get with having Anscombe have an Anscombe at 10 yeah. um, I, I, I would definitely make a different call if Bigger was starting at 10 yeah. I would put Walking in okay. at that point interesting okay back three oh. boosted by the fitness of Lee Halfpenny yeah. though Dan had a, fa- a fine he game did have for the Scarlets he, he did have a brilliant game didn't he defensively as always yeah. fantastic a couple now, of occasions bundling people into touch so Ball good to see tea. so good to see I so the island game, yeah. We need half penny involved mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. because they're gonna. That's just gonna be an absolute battle, isn't it? It's gonna be it a is. real, a real dog fight. It's gonna have Peter Armani written all over that <laughs> game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, half penny has got to be involved, I think, right, for the kicking. 
okay. the kicking side of things because I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I think Anscombe will start again at ten. Now, because of that, does Halfpenny start on the wing for George North, or does he go on the bench, or does he start fullback and Sanjay moves to the wing? Yeah, I think if Halfpenny starts, he plays fullback. Well, it's, it's really, it's really Liam, harsh on me because Liam was alright so the, these are all potential scenarios Gatland has what does head coach Dan Killick do for this I would actually go with North on the bench yeah yeah yeah. so that would mean Owen Wokham misses out would miss okay. out which is very harsh but there we are um, and he comes in on the wing on the wing yeah wow. yeah on the huge. wing huge yeah, huge. I mean, yeah. Look, the, the, the one thing that back three I thought did fantastically well against England, and every single one of them, um, you know, very much include North in this. Their positioning was very good, and they worked as a unit. Yeah, which is it what we were very con- much a unit. Which is what we were concerned yeah. about, wasn't it? With the because I didn't, I didn't think they fired as a unit against France in the first half. You know, no. I thought they did a really good job of knowing where everyone was, and and credit to all of them and, and to the coaches for, for doing that. Yeah. All right. So Dan, to recap the side that you have selected. Rob Evans, Ken Owens, Tom Francis, Adam Beard, Alan Wynne Jones, Josh Navidi, Justin Tipperick, Ross Moriarty, Gareth Davis, Gareth Anscombe, Hadley Parks, Jonathan Davis, Josh Adams, George, uh, no, sorry, Josh Adams, Lee Halfpenny on the wing, and Liam Williams at fullback, yeah. with a bench of Nicky Smith, Elliot D, Samson Lee. Yeah. I know, sorry, well, Samson Lee was missed, missed out last time through injury, didn't he? I don't know what the latest on that is. So either Samson Lee or Dylan Lewis, depending on, depending on thought, fitness. Yeah, I thought Dylan, yeah. Either one of them I'm happy with, yeah. to be honest. And then Jake Ball, second row. Yeah. Aaron Wainwright, back row cover. Yeah. Not tempted for Thomas Young? Tempted, yeah. Tempted, but um, just don't think... You know, I don't, we can't drop, can't drop Wainwright out, okay. can we? At this point, keep him going. Thomas Williams, providing he's fit. If he's fit, yes, I would. Okay, and then Dan Bigger, absolutely, and super sub George North. George North, sub bench that. George North coming in off the bench. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Right, that's our side. Coming up after the break, we've got our exclusive interview with Alex Popham. So that is coming up very, very shortly. Time now for us to chat to former Wales flanker Alex Popham. Uh, that man played 33 times for Wales. Uh, so really, really good of him to, to join us earlier on in the week. And we caught up with him to get a player's take on what it's like in the, the lead-up to, to a big game like this and to get his thoughts on, on how he thinks Wales versus Scotland is going to pan out. I keep saying Wales versus Scotland. Scotland versus Wales, isn't it? It's up at Murrayfield. Mustn't forget that. So here's what Alex had to say. And uh, yeah, his interview coming up right now. Right, joining us now to give us a player's insight into the big game this week is a man who won 33 caps for Wales. Alex Popham joins us. Alex, welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Great to have you on here. Uh, right, first up, lots of excitement surrounding the Wales side following the victory over England. How impressed were you with that performance? 
I was really impressed. It was, uh, yeah, a performance that I think we needed after having two wins uh, earlier on in the championships. But I think uh, in the two uh, first games, Wales didn't get a, a second gear, really. And mm. uh, they need, needed uh, a big performance uh, against uh, an English team that has been on fire. Yeah, you're absolutely right. How much do you think that will have built confidence in the squad? Uh, you know, obviously, like you say, England came into that game with a with some with some fantastic form. How much will that have affected the confidence in the Wales side? I think it, the way it's panned out with regards to Wales uh, having the game against France, not playing well at all in the first half, turning it on in the second half, not playing particularly well against Italy, and having that two-week gap then before playing England, um, Gatland, Sean Edwards, Rob Howley would have all been getting into the boys' mind individually and collectively as a group and building nicely. I know they've been doing some special things with the players. They they went to a performance, a live performance in the changing room mm. of Grav Rigervel, who's a, an ex-Welsh uh, legend, a Lions player, and a very passionate man. And I know it would have been pulling on a, a few of the boys' uh, uh, heartstrings, really, there of what playing for Wales really means. Yeah, I think that was a much better, uh, a much better preparation than than getting John Terry in the uh, in the dressing room. But obviously, <laughs> we'll <we're, laughs> be a bit biased on that one. So one thing I thought Wales did a great job of was neutralising England by using the pick and go. Showed great patience during during attacking phases. Do you expect the same again, or will they play with a bit more width against Scotland? I think it's difficult when you're playing against Scotland because they like to play the, the fast game open game and we mm. don't want to get into a, a game of sevens uh, sevens with them. I think it depends on uh, who they pick at number 10. I think Dan Bigger did a great job of controlling the game when when he uh, he came on uh, against England and, uh, and and set up and was involved in a, a lot of the, the game um, and, uh, and the two uh, two tries which, mm. which was brilliant. Um, I think we've, we've got to go with a strong Structure game. I think where Wales uh, have got better since uh, Gatland has been been involved is the fitness of the players. And like New Zealand, now we're finishing really strong, and we're playing for the full 80 minutes. When I was playing, it was always we would start really well, and then teams would score tries against us in the in the last 20 and come back into it. So um, I think we should go with a game plan that. Uh, we want to we want to attack Scotland, mm. but if it's not on, let's play areas of the field. And I think Dan Big is the man for that, and not try to play too much from from our own half. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting point there. Naturally, fans and the media's thoughts kind of start to turn towards towards the Grand Slam with three wins out of three, the only side capable of doing it now. Will the players be talking about this, or is it all about concentrating on getting that next victory? It's, it's the next victory and uh, also what they'll be doing again is a two-week gap in between yeah. uh, in between the games. They're, they're, there's a long recovery, but it doesn't mean they're feet up. They'll be, and I know they'll be uh, hitting uh, hell out of each other and, 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 and it's, a ne- it's another big game. Uh, it's a way to Scotland. Scotland are in great form up in, uh, in Merrifield mm. at the moment and it's a, they've, they've built it as a bit of a fortress again and uh, it's not, a, not an easy place to to go has been over the, the last few years so um, uh, yeah it's, it's going to be very tough for Wales and um, yeah really excited for, for, for the game 
Yeah, and you met, you obviously mentioned Murrayfield being a, being something of a fortress. Last time Wales went up there, they got kind of soundly beaten in 2017. And that day, Hamish Watson, John Barkley both had great games for Scotland, but they're now on the, the long injury list that Scotland have. Do you think Wales will have the edge when it comes to the back row battle? Um, yeah, I think the Welsh back row at the moment, and we're missing we're missing some players through injury ourselves. But the boys who've uh, who are playing, I think Josh Navidi has been on fire. Um, I think Ross Moriarty uh, has really picked up his game because he's had uh, quite a few injuries, but has come back to to hit top form without playing many games. It usually takes a player a good six games to find his rhythm again, but Ross has done really well with that, and and Tipperick is just a a world-class seven, but there's a nice balance between the three of them, and they're working really well together. They've got got everything, and it's going to be a tough afternoon for the Scottish boys. Yeah, and and like you say, a lot of players still out injured. How how tough is it going to be for, for Gatland to... To pick his his back row when it when it you know when all those players come back from fitness. Yeah, it's it's, it's a I mean it's a horrible position for for the players to be in because there are so many uh, good players or great players uh, out missing. But it's it's a coach's uh, um, greatest problem to have that problem where every player within the squad uh, is being pushed to. To be uh, to be playing and uh, and to be involved in the squad even there's only a certain I think it's there 31 players that they choose for the World Cup. That's right. Yeah, uh, do you know what I mean it's uh, it's a tough one, but uh, it, 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 what what Gatland and his support team have done since coming in is, is build that strength in depth. So if one two players are missing, then. Uh, we've still got somebody who, who can step up and put in a great performance. The one key player that I don't think, and I don't want to tempt fate or anything like that, but uh, if we, Alwyn Jones yeah. has been uh, immense again, and uh, he's 135 caps now, and uh, still looks like a 25-year-old running around the place and, and bossing it till the end of the game. So uh, fair play to him, and fingers crossed he, he stays injury-free and, uh, and can lead Wales into... Um, the World Cup off a off a off a grand slam. Yeah, I mean we've we've interviewed quite a few players over over the years we've been running who've, who've shared a dressing room with with Alan Wynn, and pretty much everyone has said that even when he came into the team, you know, as as a youngster, you could tell what an impressive character and how hard he trained and what a competitor he was. You would have been in that side when he when he first when he first broke into the to the Wales team. Did you feel the same way when he, you know, when you first shared an adjustment room with him? Definitely. He uh, he came in as a playing to Swansea at the time and mm. a couple of games for the Ospreys, and, and he came in and he was full of confidence, not arrogance, but mm. confidence in his own ability, and always gave a hundred percent. Sometimes um, you would think it, it was a bit keen, and it wasn't a full contact session, but he wanted to show he was there to roll his sleeves up and get involved, and uh, and not just be a number in training, actually be on the on the starting. Uh, team and uh, and he and he's proved that over the, the last 12 13 years he's been immense for Wales and the and the Lions as well. Obviously you mentioned Rugby World Cup earlier on you played in two yourself. In Rugby World Cup year is that selection there at the back of your mind during the Six Nations or can you not 
not afford to let let yourself get distracted by those kind of things? Um, as as a player, yes, it for me, yes, it is. It's, I always look at things and give myself goals and uh, a, a prize to to play for. Uh, short-term goals but you've got to have long-term goals as well and it was always one for me and I was fortunate to to play in two World Cups and experience those and they're, they're totally different from a, a Six Nations or a, an Autumn Series um, and I just think the way uh, World Rugby has gone a lot of teams now are, are coming back into form I'm glad to see South Africa uh, picking their game up and uh, and having some good results in the championship last year Uh New Zealand and New Zealand, they're, they're the world's best team and I've been for a long time. Um, but England, Ireland beat uh, New Zealand on two, on two consecutive years. Uh, so that Wales now, uh, not now, but have been there or thereabouts in the Six Nations, uh, Grand Slams. Uh, and I think there's a lot of teams who can, uh, can go out there and, uh, and do very well. So it's not a one-horse race so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. One thing on that, what you've got to take into account, I've been on tour with, uh, with Wales, Japan's not an easy place to go and tour just mm. because of the, the weather, the conditions, and I know a lot of teams will be preparing for that with their, their pre-World uh, Cup camps and trying to get used to that humidity, which, which has an effect on your body that... The, many people watching the game wouldn't realise and yeah. how dehydrated you get not just from from being on the playing field but literally in the mornings you've got to make sure that you're in the air condition you're not, you're not walking around too much uh, on the streets or playing too much or training too much because that all drains your body so that's going to be hard to manage for the, for the coaching and the, the, the fitness staff as well. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I, I suppose that's actually where Wales have, have done well over the last couple of the last two World Cups is that time that they've had together in camp. They've gone in not only fit, but a really well drilled unit ready for the for the tough, you know, the tough five weeks that follow. Yeah, definitely. And I think they prep them really well. And uh, the sports science that goes behind the scenes of what is and the experts in that field, I'm sure, have been working on this World Cup for the last four years since the last World Cup. Now, uh, 2015 was over. They're all prepping and putting small that small detail that makes the difference for a team to take come the World Cup. It's a long four-year process, but they'll be going to uh, looking at the facilities over in Japan, looking at the training games, looking at the recovery, looking at the um, the nutrition that the the boys will be eating over there, the the fluid, everything on that, all those small details. I know Wales are on uh, top of their game with that. And uh, yeah, just bring it back to to you now. You've switched the big hits for big business these days. Uh, tell us about Hub Fifteen, your latest business venture. Yeah, so Hub Fifteen uh, turns a new sporting stadium into co-working uh, communities. Mm-hmm. So like-minded people, it could be a startup, it could be a corporate, uh, working from these great venues um, and. Um, networking and collaborating together. We launched at Bath Racecourse uh, in September. Uh, membership is flying there and going really well. And we've just launched at Sophia Gardens uh, about two weeks ago. 
So, um, yeah, that one, a lot of interest to start, very close to the city centre. Mm. People are coming, using it as uh, if they need to get some admin done out to the office where they haven't got people pestering them all the time and asking them questions. Uh, people coming for the, the two monthly networking events where there's like-minded people uh, in all types of business around you. And, and from that, good people do business with good people and that's what we want. That's what I miss from rugby and that's where the idea came from. I want people to feel part of something and something special that's growing within the UK and eventually we're going to take this uh, over to stadiums uh, outside the UK. Amazing and yeah, two, two spectacular venues there to, to launch with. Are there more in the immediate pipeline? Yeah, there's lots in the, there's the, the problem I've got at the moment is, um, I've got so many venues that want to do this, um, and I've got the expertise around me, and I put, uh, I felt like Gatlin actually picking his coaching <laughs> setup, uh, with the board that I put around me, guys and women who've got experience and excelled in certain areas. Uh, within their business and Exit isn't done very well but also gives us the credibility uh, when we're talking to these stadiums so uh, that's what I've done with my team uh, so I'm looking now for second round investment to allow us to open uh, at the moment in the business plan it's three a year but I want to be opening at least six uh, venues uh, venues a year so that's what, what, what my, my head is uh, concentrating on the moment that's my walk up. Obviously, Alex, we wish you, uh, wish you all the best with that. And if any of our listeners want to find out more, you can do that at hub15.com. And that's 15 as in the rugby way of spelling it, XV. So hubxv.com. Alex, thanks very much for joining us on the Attacking Scrum podcast. I've finally forgiven you for leaving the black and ambers now. And, uh, yeah, we wish you, uh, wish you all the best with, uh, with your, with your business venture. Thank you very much. Thoughts there of Alex Popham, former Wales, Scarlets, Newport, flanker and number eight. Uh, And that brings us to a conclusion for this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for continuing to support the attacking scrum. Really appreciate it. If you're able to spread the word, particularly right now while Six Nations is on and there's so much going on in rugby, we'll have loads more to talk about over the next coming weeks. So yeah, tell your mates either on social media tell them down the pub tell them on the terraces tell them however you you chat to them about rugby uh, or leave us a review on iTunes as well of course don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum like our Facebook page and you can also join our Facebook group there is also the option to follow us on Instagram which is Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum finally thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades and uh, of course special thanks to Alex Popham and uh, and, uh, yeah you can check out his business at hub15.com that's hubxv.com right we'll have loads more to talk about next week thank you very much for listening it's been Attacking Scrum Sports Social Podcast Network